Next on BYU Sports Nation, Nebraska-BYU becoming a can't-miss game. Suspensions, injuries, and the unknown. But which fan base is more concerned? BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo discusses BYU in Utah, Notre Dame, a football Power 5 only invite, and the Mountain West Conference. Plus, Brian Kale joins us a day early. It's a throwdown Thursday with the former NFL and BYU linebacker. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU, Thursday, August 20th. Wherever and however you are dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the fifth member of the Fantastic Four, Jerem Jordan. I guess I didn't make the cut. BYU football for practice Which yesterday. is a good thing, because it only got 8%. Saw the Fantastic Four <laughs> as a team activity, go to the movies. Look, I thought it was supposed to be a reward. Yeah. A reward? I didn't go see Fantastic Four because I trust Rotten Tomatoes. Of all the fruits... That's the fruit that I trust the most. And they said 8% Fantastic Four. Is it the biggest bomb in the box office in the last 20 years? Maybe. John Carter. A lot of money was spent on John Carter. Disney, remember that one? Did they get lower than 8% on Rotten Tomatoes? I'll look it up. But it it was bad. Did I go see John Carter? Yeah. I hope someone else paid for it. What what would be worse, practicing or seeing the Fantastic Four? I, I don't know. According to Rotten Tomatoes. Good question. Should we change our Twitter question? <laughs> Probably the Fantastic Four. They also floated the Provo River. So they got to that's do some fun. fun things. Yeah, that's cool. John Carter got a 51. Okay. Surprising. That got a 51? I mean, it didn't make, it didn't make uh, more than it cost to make. That's bad. Okay. The Transformers movies, they've been bad lately. I still love them. They, they're, like a, they're like a weird relative, right? The, the, you're like, I love you, but it was... Odd. Um, they'll still make money. Okay? John Carter didn't make money. <laughs> That's a fantastic comparison. A weird relative. I'm thinking of the exact relative right now, too. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got one. BYU's got this idea of going to bad movies, apparently, early in the season. They went to Teenage Mutant Ninja now, Turtles last now, year. Now, wait a minute. See, that's like a... That's like a Weird relative as well, because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it, it was fun. If Megan Fox is in the movie, it can't be, like, fantastic, right? Although the first Transformers movie was good I thought it was really good. of her. I thought it was really good, yeah. the first one. Just do it! <laughs> whenever, whenever you have Shia LaBeouf in it. What is that guy up to, man? I don't know. Let's get him on BYU Sports Nation. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo spoke to an Education Week class on campus yesterday. Media reports confirm his desire for BYU and Utah to play. Notre Dame might buy out the rest of the BYU contract. Hommel also said a Power 5 football-only invite, quote, doesn't look like a viable option, end quote. He said never say never to a future return to the Mountain West Conference, and BYU has a chance to renew the ESPN contract when it ends in three seasons. More comments from us coming up in about 35 minutes on that. The Cougar Hoopsters are playing their first game in Spain, or they played it yesterday. Beat Euro Colegio Casvi, 95-74, led by Chase Fisher's 16 points on 4 of 9 from 3. Jamal Eights only played 12 minutes, but put in uh, 15.6 boards. The BYU Bigs of Austin Eights Davis. Uh, and someone else, I'm missing someone. Kafusi. Uh, Kafusi scored 39 points, pulled down 36 rebounds. So BYU is currently playing Albacete Basket 
right now. Last time we saw the score was 34-34. They said, quote, in Spanish, Chase Fisher is outstanding. Frontline scoring for BYU in game number one. BYU football great Gordon Hudson, the third string tight end on the FWAA 75th anniversary all-time football All-American list. He is the only BYU Cougar on that list. Surprised not to see a BYU quarterback. Tim Tebow made that list. Shocking. The Women's Hoops West Coast Conference schedule is out. BYU hosts Gonzaga January 14th. Plays at Gonzaga to close the regular season out on February 27th. Those are, of course, the opposites of the men. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. A wild, wild week number one. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 16 days. 16 days away. BYU-Nebraska as a season opener was an intriguing matchup from the day it was announced. A first-ever meeting between two former national championship programs with Nebraska paying BYU a million dollars to come to Lincoln Memorial and play this game. And possibly lose. Now it's becoming a can't-miss surrounded by injuries, suspensions, And, of course, the unknown. This from the ESPN Big Ten blog yesterday, and I quote, There are believed to be 17 missing players for the September 5th kickoff, and no one's quite sure how many starters are out of the equation, end quote. Wow. 17 players on both sides. Okay, and that's that's wild because yesterday we found out that DeMornay Pearsonell That's a fun name. He's on the all-name team for the opponents this year. A wide receiver and punt returner for Nebraska has a foot injury. He is out six to eight weeks. How significant is this? Here's the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Day Mornay Mornay, Pearsonell averaged 17.4 yards per punt return last season. Of all the guys returning in college football that had at least six returns, that's the highest average. Plus... He led the nation with Kalen Clay of Utah with three punt returns for touchdown. He was a freshman. He is the best punt returner returning in college football, and he is out. Can you imagine? He's not going to be in the BYU-Nebraska game. BYU fans, can you imagine James Dye in 1996 missing eight games? Nailed it. That is this. Nailed it. That is the situation Nebraska is facing right now. He would have been the second leading receiver returning as well. Let's continue with the Nebraska side, and that's just the beginning, Jerem. They have a first-year head coach, transition period. It's unsettling. It's very similar to the Texas game and Charlie Strong last year that BYU approached. Big-name venue, big-name team, but with a first-year coach and a ton of unknowns and suspensions and injuries. How bad was the the Texas game for Texas last year against BYU? Well, they played North Texas, then they played BYU. If you just told me who's more concerned and, and you said... Nebraska and BYU. I would say Nebraska just because of the coaching change, let alone what you're saying, suspensions and injuries. BYU and Nebraska also puts their home win streak on the line. Nebraska hasn't lost a home opener in 29 years. Well, now they're playing somebody in game one at home. They've only played 11 Power 5 teams in that 29-year span. BYU technically doesn't even count as a Power 5 team. Well, yeah, not to... well, Big Ten, no, Big Ten is so a, Big Ten is a Power 5 Power 5, power five equivalent. Okay, that's true. That's, that's true. what BYU is. Some people get on my case sometimes by saying non-P5. BYU is a Power 5 equivalent. Whatever you want to call it. Nebraska there. has five players unnamed suspended for the season opener. That's the big red side. How about D1 
Deep shades of blue on the BYU side. Nice. This is Taysom Hill's first game back since a season-ending injury. And if I remember correctly, he was pretty good last year when he played. 4-0, in fact, before the injury. BYU without their top running back, Jamal Williams. Linebacker Sione Takitaki has been suspended for the opener, and there are suspensions from the Miami Beach Bowl looming for BYU. And Bronco Hall a while back, said that there were you know as many as 10 that could be suspended. He also said that there's things, and we know, that there's things that players can do to make up would-be suspensions, right? Will there be some suspensions of, of guys for BYU and Nebraska? Yes. We don't know how many. We don't know who. We didn't find out until game day, a couple hours before, last year against Connecticut, that there were five guys suspended for that game. Now, is, now is Jamal Williams the greatest uh, impact suspension or injury in the game? Yes. Pearson L is a big deal, but not having Jamal Williams is the biggest deal. Well, we don't know of the five players unnamed on the Nebraska side right now, and we don't know. None of them will be bigger than Jamal. Yeah, that's probably true. Regardless, concerns, worries, unknown on both sides. That brings us to today's Twitter question. Which fan base is most concerned about the season opener, BYU or Nebraska? To me, it's Nebraska, just because of the head coaching change, let alone the injuries and suspensions they are having. As well. What do you think? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Greg Crab. Nebraska, new coach, lost some key players, longest home opener streak on the line, also probably scared of Taysom. <laughs> Isn't it funny how the, earlier this week we were told you know, BYU is a giant killer uh, because of what they did against Oklahoma and Texas? That resonates with the Midwestern team like Nebraska. Yeah, is scared too strong of a verb for Nebraska? We recently spoke with Chris Schmidt, the Nebraska insider for HellVarsity.com, and after I pointed out that Corn Nation, Nebraska's SB Nation fan side, had BYU as a 63% chance of winning the opener. This is a Nebraska fan site. I asked him to tell us how accurate that is to what the Nebraska fan base really feels right now about BYU. Frightened, okay? <laughs> they are frightened about BYU. Uh, when you have transition, when you have new coaches, BYU's been a giant killer uh, to open up the season. You rock Texas not long ago. You beat up Sam Bradford. You don't want to open with BYU. That's all I need to hear to answer today's Twitter question. And that was six years ago. But it has an impact. Just as a program, BYU has respect. It's, BYU playing at Nebraska is a big deal for both schools because Nebraska doesn't play a strong team in game one typically. And now BYU comes in with the top 25 offense, a, a Heisman Trophy dark horse, Bronco Mendenhall uh, at the helm of the defense. I like BYU's chances to go in there and win this game, regardless of who is suspended. Because Taysom Hill's not going to be suspended, so that means BYU's got a good shot in this game. At David Fiso says, after watching BYU down the likes of Oklahoma and Texas, Chris Schmidt, Hale Varsity guy, just pointed that out. Husker fans are more concerned than the Cougars. Now throw in the fact that Nebraska's paying BYU a million bucks to come play at Memorial <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> and just for fun, let's put the game on ABC National with one of ESPN's A-list broadcast teams of Sean McDonough, Chris Spillman, and Todd McShay. That's awesome. Okay, Those guys, are uh, to me, they're kind of like the third or fourth string, uh, which is really good for BYU and Nebraska. The last time I believe they called the game for BYU uh, was against Boston College. In 2006, BYU lost that game in double overtime, and Chris Spielman said, BYU will run the table after this. BYU was 1-2 and two at the time. They won the next 10. 
Will he say something similar to BYU? Let's, do this one. Let's go Chris Spillman. Odds makers currently have BYU as a six-point underdog. That's down from an opening line of seven and a half. I think that experts are looking at this game waiting like, okay, well, who, who's going to be suspended? Like This, this, is, that, this that, is the great unknown. You're right, and that plays a major factor into this. And, it, and if you want to know what that is, make sure you watch Countdown to Kickoff. September 5th, 2.30 Eastern Time. We'll give you the latest and greatest as soon as we know it. But this is a big game because it sets the tone. If BYU goes and beats Nebraska, Kevin Garnett said it. Anything is possible! Because then BYU comes back home and plays Boise State at UCLA, Michigan. If BYU beats Nebraska, they will win at least one of those next three. At least. It's a watermark game. It's a chance to start your season off with serious serious movement and to keep things motivated and excited as you come home. If you're BYU to host Boise state, Nebraska has got to go on the road in a couple of weeks after BYU to take on Miami in South Florida. This is a tone setting type of game. Yeah. And who, who has more at stake in the game? Pro- Nebraska. I think that's why they're more concerned. The new, they want to set the tone right with Mike Riley as well. It's a new offense, new schemes, new everything, Right. BYU comes in with continuity. One with Bronco as the defense coordinator and two with Taysom Hill quarterback. BYU's got a lot of, lot of good mojo going into this game. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. Our Twitter question today, which fan base is most concerned about the season opener, BYU or Nebraska? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At CubbyBlue74, BYU, because they still have to go on the road and fight through the absences, Nebraska at least has the comforts of home. I don't think they're comfortable. How comfortable is the home scenario with a brand new coach and with suspensions and one of your top playmakers now out for the first six to eight weeks? It's interesting because, yes, being on the road, there are, like, Math tells you it's going to give you, what, three points, three or four points just by playing a home game, right? How comforting so, was home for Texas last year? In the end, it was not comfortable at all. Plus, it was 100 degrees or whatever. It's like burning up. And it might be that in Lincoln. It um, might be that. Do we? Ha- it's, oh, we only have 10 days out. I'm we, looking up Lincoln weather. Yeah, are we, cl- are we close enough to like get a 10 days from now. way too early weather at, report at from Lincoln, Nebraska? 2.30 Central Time. At G. Hansen 25 says, I'd say Nebraska more because BYU knew they were going to be some, uh, they were going to be something since the bowl game, and Taysom will be playing. I'm not sure what that means, uh, but I will say this. <laughs> okay? When you have a new coach, it takes time. It's gonna. Mike Riley's a good coach. It's going to take some years. One week before the game, it will be a high of 89. Coming up, Brian Keel is on the blitz. The former NFL linebacker joins us a day early and is about to get his rivalry rage going. This is BYU Sports Nation. You know he will. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation happening right this very minute on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Write it down. Tuesday, September 1st at 7 Eastern Time, BYU TV presents Inside BYU Football. We'll give you an insider's look at our where our cameras take you inside the meeting rooms, coaches, 
uh, offices, practices. You'll see the 2015 BYU football team like you've never seen any other BYU football team as they prepare for Nebraska. That's Tuesday night, September 1st, 7 Eastern. Which fan base is most concerned about the season opener, BYU or Nebraska? Use the hashtag BYUSN to reply to our Twitter question at BRGRED. Has to be BYU, he says. If Nebraska loses, they still have a Big Ten championship to shoot for. Send in your responses. Which fan base is more concerned? Brian Kill, six-year NFL veteran, former BYU great. In a day early, it's a throwdown Thursday <laughs> before a fast Friday. Brian, welcome back to Studio B. Thanks, guys. Our Twitter question today, you just heard it. Which fan base is most concerned? We just outlined... All of the concerns, at least that we know of right now, on both sides. Which fan base should be more concerned? I'd say theirs. Why? Because they got a new coach. They got a couple guys in trouble, or I don't know what happened, but they're not playing. Nice when um, teams have that too, right? Yes, it is. It is an evil, even playing ground. Um, yeah, so they got more pressure because it's Nebraska and the expectations and blah, blah, blah. Pressure's on them. That's what I'm saying. I, I agree. And I think Spence, uh, Spencer said the same thing in the uh, first segment there where just the new coach part yeah. to me is more pressure because yeah. they're not well, – they've think, won 47 games last think five about, years. They yeah, win, I was going to say, think about the pressure on the coach. To win yeah. now. I mean, they, what, how many – nine wins last year yes. and the guy got fired? Yes. Yeah, so the – Nine or ten the last I five guess, years. I guess this is for the fans, so the fans don't feel the pressure that the coach does. But I'm going to say that the pressure the coach feeling – is feeling that emanates out to the fans, and they all feel the collective pressure. Us, we're just we're cool. Nebraska Calm. is supposed to win. They're a six-point favorite. They've yeah. won 29 consecutive home, home openers. openers. They haven't yeah. lost at home to yeah. open a season since 1985. Yeah, pressure's on them. If you were a, a linebacker in Nebraska, would you be feeling this kind of pressure, or are you ignorant of Well, I don't things? feel pressure, so that's, that's oh, just there that's we not go. a – I mean, I can't, I can't respond because I don't <laughs> – did you, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> Did you ever feel pressure as a player? Honestly, well, like, well, I just said I don't feel pressure, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm messing that, with no, you. No, I'm probing with you to see if that's actually the case. Uh, we, we just mentioned golf. Um, put put me in front of a four foot putt with uh, with. Uh, let, let's just say there's something on the line between <laughs> me and my associates. That's pressure. Put me in front of a four foot putt, and I feel I feel that pressure. Um, but, you, but I'll tell you this: in football, though. I can't really say that there was ever a time where I was nervous, like, oh, you know, I just, I don't know. I just, kind of the bigger the occasion was, the more excited I was. Is that because you were well prepared? Why was that? I don't, I think part because I I had a confidence in myself, a confidence in my abilities. And yeah, preparation, I guess I put in the work in the off season so that I could always, I could always know that whoever was across from me, I had outworked them. I had I had put in the time, I'd put in the effort. Um they might be good, they might be big, they might be whatever, but but I had put in the work. And so I, I don't know, there and, and and granted there's no way that I could know that I outworked them, but I worked so hard that I didn't care, I still had that confidence. And so I think that's part of it. I don't know. But I, I, I can't really say that there was ever a time where I was I was nervous because of pressure. I, I would say the only thing that I felt was the excitement. I get it about the golf. I told Jeremy this the other day. Mm. I played in something called the Sportscasters Masters when I was a sportscaster in California. 
We had a gallery watching us oh, play golf. Oh, forget about it. Oh, forget about it. I'm it done. Stick a fork in me. Pressure pack. If I ever have to tee off, if we're you know we're on number one and there's a group behind us or what, other people that I don't know watching, <laughs> forget about it. For, I just I, I step to the tee and my only objective is to hit the ball and to not whiff. That's my only objective. <laughs> Forget real about concerns, it. people. Real concerns. And that's why I put a helmet on and pads and was not on tour. That is why. We've talked about golf way more than BYU and even Utah, okay? So a lot of buzz this week <laughs> about Dr. Chris Hill's comments. Uh, you know, Tom Holman yesterday in the Education Week Q&A said, we're going to play some games. Um, your thoughts on BYU and Utah? We had a great discussion yesterday about this. You know, it's kind of funny I, I I tell you guys that I have these ideas for blogs. I've I've, I've been a lazy blogger. I, I wrote like three or four blogs and then haven't been back to it in like ten months or something. Wait, come on here. That's why I come out here because it's easier for me to talk. Verbal. It takes wow. forever to type it all out because yeah. I'm a perfectionist. Everything has to be perfect. Anyway, back to your question. I wanted to write a blog about this and just kind of poke fun at the Utah fans. Um, it's kind of funny. It's like it's like say there you got two kids in the poor neighborhood. And one of them falls into some money, and now oh I'm I'm too I don't need you anymore I'm too I'm too good for you guys. A lot of the Utah fans that's what they're acting like with falling into the Pac-12. It's kind of like, oh we don't we don't need BYU anymore, and it's just and the, the thing about it is it's not that they don't want to play us they do it's not that they don't enjoy beating us if if they happen to do that they really do. Unless four years they, they won, they know they know that it's something they have on us. And they like to stick it. it. It's like, it's just funny. I mean, you, you drive around and you see those Pac-12 stickers. We were talking about this the other day when, when this, you know, media thing about the, the rivalry. Where else in the country do the fans put up the conference sticker? They don't. I they mean, don't. I, I went to College Station in a and a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. as, as you know, and I asked in the bookstore if they had any SEC stickers. Did they? And they said no. Yes. <laughs> And, and, and you know what's funny is someone brought, we've talked about this, someone brought up A&M and because that kind of would be a little thing where they have it up on, on Texas or whatever, sure. we're on the SEC. But even then, they didn't have SEC stickers because they don't care. But it's funny. You, I don't know if that billboard's still there, but you see that billboard at the point of the mountain, now entering Pac-12 country. Give me a break, man. <laughs> I, I, every time I drive by that, I, I, I wish I could go spray paint it, which I wouldn't do that, but I wish I could. Now entering the doormat of the Pac-12 country. That's yeah. what I wish That's what I wish they I could spray paint last year. That's they what were, I wish I could spray paint on now, there. Now, what we found out yesterday, and we thought this was interesting, Brian, was that a lot of the people outside of Utah seem to be like, meh, about continuing the series. A lot of fans or yeah, just BYU fans. impartial? Be- because they don't have Ute neighbors, I That's think. That like, shocks me. Isn't that interesting? It shocks me. As far, and I didn't so really locally, answer. Locally, it's, it's bigger. Yeah, so I didn't really answer your now. question. So I, I just kind of went off there. But about the <laughs> Utah fans, it's just kind of funny. But that's some of the fans. Most of the fans, I, I don't know. Gordon Monson said there were polls. I haven't seen the polls. But I, I believe what he said. Most people want the rivalry. And I was thinking about it. What makes a rivalry? Proximity and history. Okay? The schools are what? 40 miles? Competitive moments. 40 miles apart. I don't know what it is. Something like that. 40 miles apart. So you have the proximity and you have the history. I don't know how many times they've played, but it's like 100, something like that, in that range, give or take. 
look around the country, and I was trying to think about this in the NFL. You don't really, you really don't have the same type of rivalries. That's what separates college football and the NFL. You don't have the same type of rivalries. I was privileged to play for one of the teams that actually kind of does have a legit rivalry: the Giants and the Eagles. And and you look at those two things. They have the proximity, mm-hmm. they the top of New Jersey, bottom of New Jersey. And they have the history. They've been in the same division. They played each other forever. But it was kind of funny. Like when I was in St. Louis, our division, NFC West, the 49ers, the Cardinals, the Seahawks. And it was funny. We were getting ready to play the, the Seahawks. And, and our coach, I couldn't stand our head coach. And he, and he said a couple times during the week, remember, guys, we don't, we don't, we don't like these, this team. We hate these guys. And I said to the other guys on the team, I was like, hey, if he has to remind us, that we don't like them, <laughs> it's probably not that big of a rivalry. If he has to remind us, when BYU is getting ready to play Utah, the coaches aren't reminding anybody we don't like the, that team down south or up north. Now, there is this growing trend, however, nationally in college football where rivalries are going away. Kansas, Missouri, gone. Colorado, Nebraska, gone. Michigan, Notre Dame, gone. Yeah. BYU, Utah on a two-year hiatus. So nationally... Should we care about this if rivalries are continuing to die? And, and if it's shameful. It's on shameful. Utah's end, they're saying, okay, if we can play Michigan over BYU, we want to play Michigan. <laughs> I think BYU can say the same thing as well. Like, hey, if we can play Michigan State a certain week, and that's the only week that works at Utah, you're probably going to play Michigan State. It's, it's tough. Me, I'm, I want to find a way to do both. Find me, a way. Me, me too. Find a I'm, way. I want to play Utah. That's and that's just me. I don't, maybe I'm in the minority. I don't know. I think I'm in the majority. I want to play them, um, partly because they beat us. Was it four times in a row? Something like that. That pisses me off. Um, I want you know we can't beat them until we play them. I want to play them. It's it's fun for the state. There's the there's the rivalry, the trash talk aspect of it, and and then there's the history of it. And I don't know. In my opinion, college football is about history. It's about pageantry. It's about the band. It's about the students. And, and that's what separates it from the NFL. And, it's, and you, you talk about how it, it's, those rivalries are going away. That's what's unfortunate. Now it's college, becoming about college money. College football is becoming more about money, about the mighty dollar. And, and it's a shame. It's, it is unfortunate. How similar, now that Utah is in the Pac-12, when you look at the rivalry as it, as it plays out now, it's a September non-conference game for Utah. Comparing that to what it used to be, the last game of the season yeah. in the same conference, for me, it just lost some luster because it's September yeah. and it's non-conference. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can find this real quick. I showed this to my wife. Last week, last year during Rivalry Week, I tweeted out this picture. This was, it was just a screenshot that I saw. Um, here it is. Okay. So this was rivalry week last year. Michigan, Ohio State. Georgia Tech, Georgia. South Carolina, Clemson. Kentucky, Louisville. Florida, Florida State. There's just a screenshot of, a, of ESPN scores. And I, sh- I showed this to my wife last night or a couple days ago. I don't remember. Anyway, of all those, there's one, two, three, four, five. There's five games I just listed there. Only one of those are in the same conference. Michigan, Ohio State. The other four, the other eight teams... They're in different conferences, yet somehow they magically found a way well, to been, schedule each other they've been in doing November. It. In November, they've been doing it for a long time. History, yeah, 
history. So, so BYU and Utah it, it's will. It's not impossible, is right. my point. BYU, and, and we're seeing that. BYU and Utah will play for five straight years. Mm-hmm. Hopefully seven. Hopefully 50. In 2018, yeah. there is a November game. In 2018, BYU and Utah right. will be played in November. Yeah. That automatically makes it more relevant. And, that, and but, that's the and, thing. And, and, and does it? The first time it does. The first time they had that September what? game, it was like it's weird. It was like Christmas in September. I love Christmas it's still every great. day. Yes, yes, it's still great. <laughs> You're not going to complain about it. You're still great. It's still fun. You're still going to get excited about it. But it's not like a white Christmas with the snow gently falling down and and sleds and snowball. You know what I mean? To, to it's me, just not the same. To me, the, the end of the year context was it was there was conference implications. That's what made it better. Like being in November is the same as being in September. If you're no, not in the no, same conference, no, not, me. for me, it's it's save the best for last. That's what it is for me. It's save the best for last. It's cold. It's it's fall. It's crisp air. It's it's leaves on the ground. It's it, it's all those elements that just Wait, that's why we have Fresno State this year. (laughs) It's not the same. Oh, that's just... If you can have a senior day, like one of the teams has a senior day. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. For me... Now you're you're throwing me The last time I played in that stadium was against Utah. You You just showed on here my last play in the Vell Edwards Stadium. You just showed it. Was that Hail Mary attempt by Utah... In 2007, and you tried to catch it, and everyone else was like, "Bat it it. down!" I did. (laughs) I did try to catch it. I wanted to catch it. I wanted to. And then it slips out of your hands, and they catch it. It's this miracle. No. (laughs) No. Well, have you seen? Sometimes the guys try to bat it down. They bat it right to the other guy. That have happened. you seen that? I've seen it happen. Yes. That happened in the game last year. I've seen times. it. I've seen it yeah. happen. We're just getting going. I'm catching it. And then I was going to run to the sideline and stick it in their face. <laughs> that, was my, that was my plan, at least. It's a throwdown Thursday with Brian King. We're coming back with more as we look at the BYU personnel and their own injury concerns in fall camp. This is BYU Sports Nation. Bat it down, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> BYU Sports Station brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Yo! Check out YouTube.com slash Sports for interviews from BYU Sports Nation, like the one we just did with Brian Keel and part two that we're about to do with Brian Keel. All of the interviews are on YouTube.com slash Sports. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo spoke to an Education Week class on campus yesterday. We'll have more details about what exactly the BYU athletic director had to say in 12 minutes. BYU's men's basketball team is in Spain. They beat Euro Colegio Cosby 95-74. Chase Fisher led the way with 16 points. After three quarters, the score is, what is the score again? 54-44. 54-44. BYU up 10 in the fourth, I believe. Gordon Hudson is the third-string tight end on the FWAA 75th anniversary all-time football All-American list. He is the only BYU Cougar to make that list. Women's Hoops, West Coast Conference schedules out. BYU hosts Gonzaga January 14th, plays at Gonzaga to close out the regular season February 27th. Which fan base is most concerned about the season opener, BYU or Nebraska? I just saw this tweet come in uh, from at Spencer F. Davis. Having said that, I still think Nebraska probably has more corn cerns with the yeah. new staff. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow is right. Where's yeah, where's the rim shot? <laughs> Back to a throwdown Thursday with Brian Kill, former NFL and BYU linebacker. Brian, I want to talk about some specific concerns on the BYU side in terms of personnel. 
Mitch Matthews is the leading receiver mm-hmm. on this BYU team. He has not practiced this fall camp. Yeah. At what point in fall camp do you start to get worried that your leading receiver has not played? That's tough, man. I, I, I didn't play offense, just in case you didn't know that. Wait, but, what? <laughs> so it's hard for me to, to speak on it because it's different. I do know it's more important for a receiver to be out there building chemistry than, say, a corner or a linebacker. Um, so it's kind of hard for me to speak on it. I, I, I could speak from experience. Um, I was fortunate. I didn't have any injuries. I never missed practice. So, so I never, never had to go through this. But I could kind of imagine what it would have been like. And I don't think I would have missed much, personally, especially senior coming you know, with all the experience. I, I think I could project myself cluing into it mentally enough to, to get mental reps. But that's that's as a linebacker. I don't have to have timing with anybody else. I don't have to it's just kinda of, it's just really different. So so being him, I think it is a little bit concerning. I don't know how concerning it is, but um hopefully we get him out there quick. Yeah, it's it's practice t- uh eleven, I believe, this morning, maybe ten, of twenty nine prior to Nebraska. So is there is there a point like it, I don't know, if he doesn't play in the scrimmage Saturday, should we start to be concerned about that? Yeah. At what point do you go, Okay, wait a minute, this is an issue? Maybe in in that game week, I would say. Okay, um, so he could get, so he can miss all of next week. He's a senior. He's, he's a senior. He's I mean, it's not like chemistry he's, with Taysom. Yeah. He has a history. There. If there's any receiver on our squad, that if we had to have one missing practice, we'd okay. You have to have one. Pick one. It would be him. That's I, the one you'd pick. And that's not the part I'd be concerned about. I'd be concerned about. Are you 100%? Yeah, that's, that that's the it does question. take yeah. a little bit of time. Yeah, it does. It does. BYU as a team had a day off yesterday. They went to see Fantastic Four. Not sure how much of a reward that was, given that it bombed in who, the box office. Who chose that? I have no idea. <laughs> they, sh- they, they should be fine. That's been the biggest mistake of BYU's fall camp thus far. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I feel bad for them. Okay. They went to see a movie. They didn't have to practice. Then they floated the Provo River. When you get that day off as a player, when the coach reveals that to you and you go through that, what does that do for you mentally? We, uh, it's, it's, everybody's different. Um, so so we, that, what we, the movie we watched, we went not to the theater, just to the film room, and we watched 300, the edited version, mind you. <laughs> Was edited. Okay. Um, Three hundred. Only at BYU was edited. And uh, it was cool. It was a great movie. I love that movie. Um, I love the the imagery. I love just the mentality of that movie. And, and it was applicable too because there a big part of that is the shields. And we had done this the whole thing Phalanx, with shields. Everybody on the team made. We made our own shield and we wrote down different things on it. What mattered to us and like our family and what we stand for. And and we hung it in the team. It was cool. And we also floated the river one time. It was fun. It was great. Back to the thing. Every, everybody else was just ecstatic. Just cheers, yelling, celebrations. I was mad. I was legitimately, <laughs> I was legitimately mad. Um, and, I, and this is where I'm a little bit different. Um, and I'm not just saying this. Like, this, is, this is really how I am. I love practice. I, I love playing football. I, I miss practice so much. I can't even tell you. My, I went through this, the most weird, miserable, the miserable training camp in St. Louis one year where our coach literally tried to kill us. Um, David Nixon was with me. He was my roommate in training camp. Oh, that's and, awesome. and he got cut during training camp. He ended up going down to Miami, but he got cut during training camp. He was excited 
When the, they call him the Grim Reaper, the Grim Reaper comes and gets the guys and they cut him. The Grim Reaper came and got Dixon, and he was excited. He put a smile on his face and said, see you later, guys. <laughs> That's how bad this training camp was. The other day, my wife said to me, she said, hey, would you go through another St. Louis training camp if you could play again? I said, in a heartbeat, and I would skip on my way to it. I miss football that bad. Hmm. Wow. I miss it. Do you sense that there's anyone like you on this team? I'm like sure. That? I mean, there's, there's guys like that, and there's guys that hate practice. They don't want to be out there. They don't put in the effort. And, you know, everybody's different. Me, I just – I love the game of football. I love competing. And, and there's certain – you want to know what my favorite thing to do in practice is one-on-ones. It's my favorite thing, whether that's pass protection or, or receivers running routes. You know, pass blocking or receiver. It's my favorite thing to do because every single play, you either win or you lose. And it's just you versus the other guy. That's my favorite thing to do. I miss it, man. I'm hoping you said some of these things to the team when you uh, spoke to them on the, before the scrimmage on Saturday. What, what did you say to the BYU football I, team? I, did, I just smiled and, and tried to look pretty. I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. So they had, a bunch of us, they had a bunch of us there. I didn't say anything. They had Daniel Coates say something. And, and he, he, he gave him a great message. And it was kind of cool because Daniel Coates is kind of unique, very, well, I'd say not kind of very unique story. Not member of the church, came to BYU, was married before he came to BYU, got married right out of high school, which is kind of unique. I went to high Spencer school went to high school with him. Oh, did you? Okay, yeah, so yeah. you know. Yeah, he's married right out of high school. He's married his whole time at BYU, had three kids here. And he talked to these guys. He talked about that. He talked about the brother, brotherhood, the camaraderie. And then the big, his, his biggest thing was, you put in the work, and it pays off in the fall. That was kind of his biggest message that he said to him. If you're, if you're willing to put in the work, then, then it pays off. And that was a good message and from a great teammate. When you look at the different players in fall camp, that some are cross-training different positions. For example, mm-hmm. Micah Hanneman at safety, Kainakua at corner a little bit. How hard is it for guys in fall camp to know their position, let alone cross-train at another position? It, <laughs> I don't. It, everybody's d- different like, again, and so some guys the game just comes naturally, and they just understand. They know what everybody's doing. Some guys struggle, and it's like you got to get them lined up. And okay, you just go chase the quarterback. You know, it's you have guys on different different levels, um, so it's different for everybody. Um, but it is tough. I, I will tell you, um, I didn't do a lot of that when I was at BYU. But to last as a linebacker in the NFL. You have to know multiple linebacker positions, and, and it's complicated because you might get clued in mentally to what you do at a certain position, and everything has to just click. You don't have time. When the plays are going and the bullets are flying, you don't have time to think. It has to be reaction. And so, so I, the different times when I've played inside, Sam, Will, and I got to know all of those, and some, one play you're at Sam and the next play you're at Will and the next play you're at Middle – it's tough because you, you, it's tough mentally. You just kind of have to get clicked in. But that's where you put the time in at home in your playbook. You put the time in in the film study room so that when it's live bullets, it's not thinking, it's reaction. But it is tough. I will say that. It's tough to do. Brian Kale bringing it on a throwdown Thursday. What are we going to do on Fast Friday now? <laughs> not be as fast, I guess. That's true. Golf. We will not. <laughs> you the, came ready to full go. Circle. Yeah. Full circle. Full <laughs> circle. Hey, just don't let anybody rush you when you're on the golf course, hey. okay? I take my time on those four foot putts. You don't don't rush Brian Keel on the tee box. Don't do it. Don't do it. I just quote Happy Gilmore to Spencer, and it just. Look away. When I'm about to tee off, look away. (laughs) Look away. Don't don't watch me. 
Great to have you, Brian. Thanks for the time. Thanks, guys. Our Twitter question today, which fan base is most concerned about the season opener, BYU or Nebraska? At Ethan Ellington says, clearly Nebraska, because a new system and the crazy home opener winning streak. 29 straight for Nebraska. In comes BYU to try and end that streak, beating them for the first time since 1985. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation, and welcome to the club. Up next, details from Athletic Director Tom Holmo's address. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of all things BYU, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. Make sure you check out, uh, let's see, that's not, yeah. Make sure you check out YouTube.com slash TV Sports for the uh, promos also. Don't forget, we periscope live interviews from BYU football practice that's coming up today at a, around 2.30 Eastern time when BYU football is made available. We are heading over uh, soon after the show ends to go watch football practice, do some interviews, uh, more reaction on Periscope Live, follow at BYU TV Sports, and on the show in the next few days. This tweet in from at Lasersheep. Perhaps Bronco picked Fantastic Four so he could make this point. Don't be like this movie. Be elite. <laughs> I hope that's the case. By the way, we should mention, so BYU basketball's second game in Spain just finished against Albacete Basket. BYU won 75-52. Uh, BYU won the powder, wore the powder blues Ooh. that they wore against Utah last year. Bring those back. I want them to wear them for more than one game. Yeah. So BYU beat um, this, this team by 23. Nebraska's basketball team played this same team and only won by three the other day. So BYU, 20 points greater than Nebraska. Well, there you go. At least from this. Our Twitter question, which fan base is most concerned about the season opener, BYU or Nebraska? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tom Holmo addressed a class at Education Week and answered several brain-busting questions. Really, no, lo- loaded questions just from people that wanted to know what's going on within BYU athletics. Let's start with the Utah series. And he said, quote, we'll play some games. Tom wants to play. He, he said on this show that he wants to play Utah. It's, it's whether Utah is going to help make it work because they're more needy in this situation than BYU. BYU's like, hey, let's play. And then Utah has tried to put the pressure on BYU. They figured out the next five um, and hopefully seven and hopefully more than that. He was also asked about the Notre Dame series, to which he responded, they have the opportunity to buy out. Well, there, there's a clause in that contract that allows Notre Dame to give BYU some of money and say, we're not going to be able to play those Probably games. Probably every series BYU schedules. But he did say, we're in discussions right now to see what their choice is going to be. We'll have a solution soon. I'm going to guess buyout. If they're not going to play Michigan, they're not going to play BYU. And they haven't yet scheduled a home game, so I'm guessing that's going to happen. How about BYU as a football-only Power 5 conference invite? Good question from whoever asked A lot that. of people have wondered this. What if B- it takes out the Sunday concerns? No Sunday play. If football is only on Saturday, why not bring in BYU as a football-only? He said, quote, it doesn't look like football only is a viable option in this environment for the time being. Hopefully that becomes an option later. Obviously the best fit would be to have all, all sports included. But if not, football only would be enough to satisfy the need BYU has for that. This next one got some people uh, going on the Twitter machine. Oh, but it's nothing. The, the biggest non-story ever. I about ask about the Mountain West Conference and BYU returning to the Mountain. Whatever returned to the Mountain West Conference, he said, "I would never say never about anything." 
Why, why wouldn't you make that a, a possibility? Why would you rule that Don't out? Don't paint yourself into a corner. BYU is going back to the Mountain West. Not no. for the foreseeable future. In the ESPN contract, no he was school. also asked about, he said, our relationship is great. We'll have an opportunity to renew that contract in the future. However, there is some news out of ESPN today. Okay, Dave Brown, you've heard this guy's name. He is an important person, uh, formerly at ESPN. Now, he is not there, and he was the one who was the primary contact and relationship in connecting ESPN and BYU. So I'm not sure what role that will play in the relationship. Was it uh, hugely on Dave Brown? Was it ESPN as an organization? To me, I'm guessing, despite ESPN's public uh, cutbacks in the future, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, I don't see them uh, not renewing that contract with BYU. People think, oh, 8 and 5, they're unhappy. No, ESPN's really happy. The numbers are good. Ratings are good. They're setting up good games with BYU. BYU's got relevance despite that. I I believe there's three more years left on the ESPN contract. Uh, I anticipate that that will be renewed. Yeah, our point is not to make anybody panic that Dave Brown has left. But only, it's an interesting Only note. that he was an integral part of making that happen initially. He was a huge part of that. So who's going to be that spokesperson now for ESPN that's working closely with BYU? That's what we're looking at. It's right. like 100 times easier to work with ESPN than Utah, apparently. Isn't that funny? The worldwide leader is like, what do you need? What do you need? They're like a great companion. And then Utah's like, well, I don't know if we have time for you. You were our brother. Come on. Were, were you they are our brother. our brother. They were, yes. And Those now, are the words of Steve Young. Are they our brother still? Am I my brother's keeper? <laughs> said Kane. <laughs> Everyone always forgets that Kane said that. Oh, Interesting comments funny. from Tom. Um, because obviously people want to play that Notre Dame series. I don't think anyone believes it's actually going to happen. They're going to play with Utah, obviously. The P5 only invite in football. BYU's going to get right paid now. this year. They're getting a million bucks from Nebraska. They're getting over a million bucks from Michigan. And perhaps they're going to get a nice payout from Notre Dame. This is going to be a good fiscal year for BYU. Yeah, yeah. what's up money if, if there's a buyout with Notre Dame? What's that going to pay for? Up next, BYU basketball back to work in Spain. They're now 2-0, the latest from their international trip as part of the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whiparound. Men's basketball. BYU has won its first two games in Spain. The Cougars won 95-74 yesterday versus Euro Colegio Cosby, led by Chase Fisher's 16 points. The BYU Bigs of Austin, Eights, Davis, and Kafusi scored 39 points and pulled down 36 rebounds. Today, just barely five minutes ago, BYU beat Albacete, 75-52, the Cougars resume play Monday against European Basketball Academy. They're going to have a great weekend hanging out in Spain, man. Let's go. Football. Former BYU football great Gordon Hudson is the third string tight end on the Football Writers Association of America's 75th anniversary all-time football All-American list. That is a mouthful. He is the only <laughs> BYU player to make that list. Women's basketball. The women's hoop schedule is out in the West Coast Conference. BYU hosts Gonzaga January 14th, plays at uh, plays at Gonzaga January 14th, and then February 27th, BYU closes out the regular season. No, excuse me, in Spokane on uh, the 27th. There you February. go. Baseball. Cougars in the minors, huh? Double-A baseball. Former Cougar Jacob Brugman went two for five with a couple of runs and a walk for the Midland Rockhounds in a 10-1 victory 
over the Springfield Cardinals. Cougars in the CFL, eh? Tonight, John Beck and Austin College's BC Lions play the Montreal Alouettes. Unfortunately, Cody Hoffman is still injured for them. 10 Eastern time. You can check that out on Watch ESPN. Cougars in the PGA. At the Wyndham Championship, Daniel Summerhays is tied for 13th. Four under through 17 holes. Zach Blair finished one under and is tied for 41st. Tiger Woods shot his best round in two years with a 64. But remember that time Zach Blair shot 15 shots better than Tiger in a round? I do remember that. That was awesome. We asked Zach about that. In fact, you can watch that interview on demand on our YouTube channel, slash BYU TV Sports. Boom, baby. Future guest Tim Lacombe from Spain. We'll get the coaches recap tomorrow. I'm BYU assistant coach for the men's basketball team. And Jennifer Rockwood from Hawaii. BYU soccer opens the season tomorrow. Big game for the Cougars. Yeah, they, have, they play Cal. 18th ranked Cal. BYU's ranked 19th. They open the season against number 18 Cal. Three days later, they turn around and face the Pac-12 favorite, number three ranked Stanford. Two huge games in Hawaii. So, so women's soccer in Hawaii, men's basketball in Spain. And we're in Provo. And we I'm will, happy to we be here. We will be dialed in. Today's <laughs> Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. And it goes to Gordon Hudson, the man that we just mentioned on the Football Writers Association of America 75th anniversary all-time All-American list. You nailed that, man. Thank you very You're in much. postseason form. We haven't even started football and soccer that. and volleyball season. I appreciate that. That's pretty that. good. Which fan base is most concerned about the season opener, BYU or Nebraska? We outlined all of the issues on both sides. Nebraska's got a new coach. They just lost one of their top playmakers. They're going to suspend five players. We don't know the names of those players. They haven't lost a home opener in 30 years. Then you look at BYU, Taysom Hill. Back from injury. What's he going to do? BYU's got some suspensions looming. Sione Takitaki's not going to play. Jamal, Jamal Williams, Williams out for is the out. It's, a, it's an interesting. Who's more concerned? Yeah, at Aaron K32. Nebraska. For BYU, a loss to Nebraska isn't going to hurt them a lot. But if BYU beats Nebraska, it's a red mark, literally, on their schedule. See, Nebraska, has a, it's, it's conference versus non, uh, not having a conference context as well. But just on the surface, just this game, just BYU and Nebraska, Nebraska's got more pressure, in my opinion. They're also a six-point favorite. That factors in. Still, I can't that's going to go down. I can't get over the fact that they're paying BYU a million dollars to come to Lincoln <laughs> Memorial. To maybe lose. Can BYU win that game and take a million bucks? That, well, they're getting a million anyway. Worst house guest ever <laughs> at Dallin Hickson. If you look at BYU's history with season openers, Nebraska has every reason to be terrified. Now, Oklahoma was a season opener. Texas last year was what? Game... Two? Number two. It was game number two both seasons, but close enough, early enough in the season that people are paying attention. Like, Nebraska fans are all aware of what BYU did against those big-name teams. BYU's offense better better be ready to rock. They have no excuse. They have all this continuity, all these guys back. Taysom Hill's ready to rock. I think BYU's going to put up some points. Our elite tweet of the day from at FatPratt15. Nebraska is more concerned after seeing Taysom's ability to squat two of their linebackers' combined (laughs) weight total. 430 pounds. Thanks to Brian Kill and everyone on our crew. Our conversation goes 24-7 on Twitter. Download the podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Aaron Cup. We're back to work tomorrow for a fast Friday.